Hi and welcome to The Podium, the place where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport. My name's Jason Skylas and joining alongside me once again is Emma Notta-Francesco. Emma, how's week two of your lockdown going? Oh, it's only the second week. Oh God, it's going slow, isn't it? I'm okay. Uh, the sun's shining today and again, we have a lot of motorsport talk to get through and a lot of motorsport coming up again this weekend. So, happy times. Oh, for sure. It's another huge edition of the show. We've got some news coming up for the Supercar Championship. They have their round at Hidden Valley this weekend. This this event was, of course, postponed due to the restrictions on travel. Uh, we've also got a preview of MotoGP and also the Formula One from Spain that we're going to be talking about very soon. And we've also got some very special guests joining us again this week on the podium. Emma, I'm going to give you some clues. You have to tell me who you reckon we've got on the show, okay? Okay, bring it on. I've, I've gotten pretty good at this, I think. So you have. Go. You have. You're doing pretty good at the moment. So first guest, this guy, he has won a V8 Utes Championship. He's also won an Australian GT Championship. That could be so many people. Give me something else. Okay. Well, I think the next one will almost give it away. He's the host okay. of one of the popular game shows on Channel 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Grant Daniel, Grant Daniel. That is such a good show. I play that game all the time. I bought the board, board game, game version. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. You can't play it. You can't play it by yourself in lockdown. Oh, <laughs> so I need yeah. some friends to play it with. <laughs> so good though. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, the fun thing about our interview at Grant Daniel on this edition of the show is we're actually going to be playing an automotive-themed edition of Family Feud with him and there's a very good prize on offer for the winner of, of the game today. So tune in for that one. And our other guest on the show today, Emma, this guy, he's part mm. of a big motorsport family. He has his two cousins that compete in the Supercars Championship. Any idea? Oh, it's got to be James Davison. James Davison, correct. He's been competing in the Cup Series this year and he's going to be taking part in the upcoming Indy 500. So that's very exciting. So we're going to talk about that with him a little later on the show. Right after this, though, we're going to start with some supercar news. This is a podium where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport. Time to talk supercars now, Emma. And we mentioned Davison's before. Uh, one of the stories just recently yeah. coming out is Will Davison. He's going to be back in the championship for Bathurst. Tell us more. Yes, yeah, such great news, Will. I mean, it's been a tough few months from after losing his drive, obviously, but things are looking up. So he's also a part of the 10 broadcast team this weekend. He'll be back in a car where he belongs before you know it and uh, alongside Cam Waters. Cam Waters, too, I have to mention. Great young talent, talent sitting fifth in the championship at the moment. And this could be a dynamic duo indeed, these two together. I reckon. I reckon it's a great place for Will to end up because there was a lot of uncertainty after he lost his drive with the closure of the team that he was competing for. So to have a drive with Cam Waters at Bathurst, I reckon they're going to be a very strong combination for that big one. Absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to watching him on TV because he's, he's quite the jokester too. So best of luck to him. He is. He's going to be joined with, I think, Michael Caruso as well. So, yeah, it's going to be awesome to see those guys in front of the television bringing us the supercars. Uh, let's talk about the race format, though. So we've got Hidden Valley finally happening this weekend. What's the mm. race format going to look like this week and tyres and everything? Yeah, so we've been loving the fact, I mean, it's been a little bit controversial that all these new rules have come into play, but... Personally, I've been loving the fact that it's been all about tyres and 
We've seen a bunch of different winners because of it. It's, it hasn't been, I hate to say this, I'm sorry, but it hasn't been a Scottish show. Uh, but yeah, this weekend there's a mix of hard and soft compound tyres that will come into play across a series of sprint races. And the formula uh, will be, for, for snatching that crown, will be different too. So whoever scores the most points from the three 38 lap races will be named the winner of the Triple Crown. Okay, and that leads us to the podium prediction. What's your podium prediction for this weekend? Yeah, toughy. Uh, I think, oh, look, I think I'm still going to say Scotty for the win. I'm going to go with the Giz. I want to say the Giz up there. And I'm going to go with Perkett in third because he's had such a great start to his season, two wins already. And he just signed a new sponsor for RJ Batteries for the remainder of 2020. So I think he's in great form and he's on a high. So that's my top three for Darwin. Yeah, great to see a sponsor getting involved during this current economic climate. And especially Mm. with a driver there that's already won a couple of races this season. It's going to be a huge weekend of action, of course. We've spoken supercars there. Our next guest on the podium... He's driven at the Bathurst 1000 a few times. He actually lives right next to the track. I speak, of course, of Grant Denyer, and he's up next on the podium. This is the podium where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport. And we're joined now with a guy that we almost had to have banned from our show due to his antics the last time he was on. It's the guy that hosts game shows in between racing cars. It's Grant Denyer. Grant, thanks so much for joining us again on the podium. Yeah, it's good to finally have me back. I'm now out of my um, my sabbatical, my ban from your show after well, my outrageous behaviour. Well, that's the thing. Would you care to remind our listeners what happened the last time you were on the show? Well, you gave me the ability to uh, select a playlist for your show. And uh, look, I thought my selections were fine. I thought uh, a little bit of Dora the Explorer, nothing wrong with that, my friend. And then I tried to back it up with some Gangnam style and nearly got laughed, laughed off your show forever. Yeah, well, it's been a while. You know, we tried to get the show cancelled. We succeeded in that. However, it's back though, Grant. Family Feud's back, we're glad to announce. 7.30 Tuesdays soon on 10. Before we talk about that and play a little game with you, I want to talk about your COVID situation. What have you been up to the past few months with all these lockdown rules in place? Well, it's, it's kind of, you know, I've had spent more time at home in the last three months than I have in the last three years. So I've uh, I've been learning to cook, uh, which I've never done before, which is weird, even though I'm 42 years of age. So I've mastered the kernels, uh, 11 herbs and spices. Let's just say I've cracked that code wide open with my air fryer. I have also decided to learn to fly, so I uh, I wanted to learn a, like a whole new skill. It wasn't television; was completely unrelated. So I had my first solo flight as a pilot just a couple of weeks ago. So I hit the books. Oh wow! Studied like I've never studied since I was in year eleven, and uh, bang, I'm uh, I'm now up in the sky. Well, there you go. You're you're known for racing cars. Now you're doing aeroplanes. It's fantastic. Uh, I don't think becoming a pilot is a great idea at the moment. There's not a lot of career opportunities for me, considering that uh, Qantas has just uh, wow. stood down 20,000 people. So yeah. I don't know if I'll be flying you on your regular Melbourne to Sydney route at all anytime soon, but it's a it's a nice hobby to, to pick up, and it was good to sort of use that period. I didn't want to get to the end of COVID and go, you know what, I really should have done something with all that time. So I um, I made it count, and, um, yeah, I did a lot of studying, and then and then – put it to practice in the air. So, yeah, it's been cool. Wow, very good. And you've got the show coming back. What has it been like having to film the show with these new restrictions in place? A bit weird. It used to um, 
really used to working the audience. I forgot how much until we sort of didn't have one. Um, so I used to, you know, lean on them a lot when, uh, when when someone had a stupid answer. Of course, I'd turn to the audience and I'd give the contestant a pretty good spray. Because <laughs> that's the magic of the feud, you know. It's 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 a, a good answer is great, but a terrible answer is great. <laughs> so. We, um, I lived for those moments. So not having an audience sort of changed the dynamic just a little bit, but it's, it's still lost none of its fun. Um, people are still saying stupid things, thankfully, and it's really good to have it back because the show means a lot to me. It, it, I'd made over a thousand of them over the years and, and went on to win a gold Logie because of that show. So it's really nice to step back on that stage and, and, and do it again. It's, it's such a great format. I've, I've really missed it. Oh, for sure. And, I want to ask you now, because during your production breaks, you were known for singing during your production breaks. I want to ask you this. I want to get in there nice and early. There's been a lot of talk that you might be on another singing show. What do you have to say about that? Um, I have had a few people, including my own mother, uh, ask <laughs> me if I am on the Masked Singer. So, but the same thing happened last year. People thought I was the dragon last year. Um Look, I play guitar. I play the drum. Um, you know, music is a is a big part of my life, um, and that's that's all I can that's all I can tell you, my friend. Okay, well, we'll be watching on with interest, and we've got to mention some motorsport with you, Grant, because you love your motorsport. You compete. You love watching it. What are the plans for the motorsport world for you? Uh, well, after winning the Mars Singer, I'm going to go out. Oh, hang on, I shouldn't have said that. Oh no, oh no, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, I'm going to go on a national tour and just perform um, at every V8 supercar event. Just me on the mic, just knocking out Dora the Explorer to the masses. Uh, that's uh, that's my grand plan. No, I'm looking forward to getting back behind the wheel. Um, I've missed it. Oh God, I've missed it. It's, it's nice that supercars is sort of back up and running and. And, uh, and doing that, but uh, we haven't been able to race anything this year. I ran uh, in a Lotus in the production car championship uh, last year, which was good fun. I was hoping to do it again this year, but um, we haven't been able to get going yet. So there is no championship there, but my next chance will be the Bathurst six hour where I'll probably run with Tony Quinn in a, in a, in a Mustang. So, you know, six hours around Bathurst is a pretty good way to spend the weekend. So I hope that event happens so I can had my first drive since COVID. Oh, for sure, for sure. And we've had Tony on the show a few times. He's an awesome bloke to have on, and he's had some great stories to share about you as well over the years. How often did you use the swear button? Oh, I know. Well, he gave us a nickname that he has for Shane Van Gisbergen, and that was one of the times we had to break it out. <laughs> I bet he did. He's a funny, funny dude. <laughs> I love driving. My relationship with him goes back nearly 20 years. So um, he was my first sponsor in the Utes, and, you know, I've, I've, I've I've driven with them in Germany at Nürburgring and we've had some incredible experiences together. So he's such a, I love racing with him because he just, he just does it for fun and they have, they have a great attitude. I remember once, I'll tell you a story, it was the start of the Bathurst 12 hour, back when it was a production car race. We were on the front row, right? Qualified on the front row, P2. Start of the race comes around. Everyone's on the grid except our car because his son, Clark Quinn, was nowhere to be seen. He was starting the race, right? Yeah. He was nowhere to be seen. Finally, the race starts. Clark runs out, jumps in the car, starts from pit lane. And uh, they interview Tony Quinn and they go, Tony, what happened? Why Why weren't you guys, you know, on the front row for the start of the race? <laughs> and uh, Tony Quinn goes, well... Let me put it this way. Clark needed to go to the bathroom. He was... <laughs> 
he was releasing the chocolate hostage. <laughs> <laughs> and so we missed the start of the race. <laughs> <laughs> so we went. So Clark, Clark was taking a crap, missed the start of the race. So we were, we were last, and we went from last to first <laughs> oh, throughout the race about three or four times. And Tony Quinn got about four drive-through penalties, but we still finished P two, <laughs> and it was it was so it was so much fun. Oh, there we go. There we go. That's awesome. Now it's time to play. It's time to play an automotive themed edition family feud game. Are you ready, Grant? Yeah, hit me. All right, let's do it. I think I know that music. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Sounds very yeah, it familiar. does. I hope you're paying copyright for it. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> this is the podium where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport. And no, you're not mistaken, that was the Family Feud song there because we've got Grant Denyer on the show at the moment. And Grant, it's time to play an automotive-themed edition of Family Feud, but you to celebrate the return of Family Feud 7.30 Tuesdays on Channel 10. So how this game works, Grant... <clears throat> So we're trying to tell the host of Family Feud how it works. Well, you've done what a thousand episodes? Yeah, I'm sure you're not. (laughs) So what we've done? You tell me, Jason. Okay, so what we've done here? We've surveyed 15 people. Top answers on the board. (laughs) You have to guess the top answer. And the prize that's on offer here. Last time we did this with you, we gave you control of the playlist. We worked out that that was probably not the best idea. So we're going to do something a little different today. So the prize today is if you get a majority of the answers correct. We have to give you a follow on the socials and a mention on the socials. Yep. However, if okay. however if you don't get a majority of the answers correct, it's going to be vice versa. Yep. You have to give us a follow on the socials and uh, give us a mention. Jason, it is a deal. Let's do this. All right, let's do it. Ready to play, Grant? Yeah, come on, Jason. Okay, Grant, let's begin. Let's start with a nice and hopefully an easy one for you. We surveyed 15 people, top answers on the board. Name a popular game show on Channel 10. Uh, I'd like to lock in my answer, uh, Jason, to be Family Feud. Family Feud. We're not going with Celebrity Name Game or Game of Games, Grant? No, we're going with uh, Family Feud. What I said, Jason, lock it in, give me the points. The survey says... Oh, right on the money. Good start, Grant. Very good start. You be easy. Okay, next question. Name an annoying game show host. <laughs> oh, this could really incriminate me. <laughs> an annoying game show host. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say Eddie Maguire. I'm not going to say Andrew <laughs> O'Keefe. Okay. I'm going to say Grant Daniel. Grant Denyer. Okay, let's have a look. Is Grant Denyer an annoying game show host? Oh, jeez, oh. no, Grant. Not, not on this survey anyway. Oh, never has a ba-bow been such good news. Well, yeah, there we go. Have you got another another attempt at that one? Uh, Andrew O'Keefe. Andrew O'Keefe. Okay, let's have a look. Is Andrew O'Keefe an annoying game show host? Oh, there you oh. go. Got it. Second time round worked in your Now, favor. that is not my personal opinion. I was just trying to think what those 15 people might have said. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. That's all right. We got that one. Yeah, you missed out on that one. However, we got it on the second go. Next question. Name something that you would store in the glove box of your car. 
Hmm. That's a really interesting question. So shall I go with the traditional meaning of the term glove box and say gloves, or should I say something that we might put in there currently, which would be sunglasses? Ooh. I'm going to say sunglasses. Okay. Sunnies is your final answer, Grant? Yes, it is. Okay. Let's have a listen. Is it sunglasses? Is that our top answer? Oh, jeez. Oh. Do you want to have one more Three. go? Gloves. Gloves. Okay, gloves. All right. Do we have gloves on the board? Oh, jeez. Do you want to have one more go, Grant? We'll give you one more go at this one. Uh, Manuals. Car manuals. Service manuals. Manuals. Okay, car manuals. Okay, is car manuals our top answer? Oh, there you go. You got that one. Bloody hell. Yeah, there we go. You got there. So at the moment, you're one for two because we're not going to count those ones you got wrong on the first attempt. So we're, we're ahead at the moment. Let's get into the okay. next one, Grant. Name an iconic race car track. Yeah, I'm Bathurst. I can see it from where I'm standing right now, the back okay. of Mount Panorama through my kitchen window. For those that don't know, Grant lives right next to the mountain. So Bathurst is your top answer, is it? Sure is, my friend. Okay, the survey says... There you go. You got another one. Two for two. I'm killing this. Yeah, two and two at the moment. So, next question Name a popular car accessory. (laughs) Seat covers. Seat covers. We're going with seat covers. Is that your final answer, Grant? Yep. You don't pretend like you don't have a couple of cowhide (laughs) seat covers. Okay, let's have a look and see. The survey says. Oh, oh, incorrect. Not the top answer, Hubcaps. unfortunately. Hubcaps. That's the next one, is it? Yep. All right. Is that our top answer? Oh, do you want to have one more go? Yes, I do. Fluffy dice. Fluffy dice. No, no, I'm changing it. I'm yep. changing it. And I host the show so I can break the rules. Okay. Air freshener. Air freshener that hangs from your like review review mirror. Ooh, I like your thinking there, Grant. Do we have air freshener as our top answer? Oh, oh. unfortunately, we don't. The answer we're looking for was subwoofer speakers, Grant. <laughs> See, I thought it. I thought it is my first answer, and I didn't go with it. Oh, geez, you should have stuck to your senses there, Grant. Oh, this is painful. Right okay. Out. What are we at now at the, on our tally? I'm trying to think what our tally is. Oh, I'm pretty is. sure I'm leading. Oh, no, 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 sure no, no. I, think, I think you're trailing at the moment, Grant. Let's get into the next one. <laughs> okay. What is something that you do when in your car besides driving? <laughs> you consummate your love for another person. Oh, jeez. Are we really going to go with that one, are we, Grant? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's see if that is our top answer, Grant. Oh, geez, not today. Uh, not today. It wouldn't be the first time I've heard that either. <laughs> um, what about sleep? Sleep. Okay. Is sleep our top answer? Oh, not sleep. One more go at this one, Grant. Give me the question again. Okay, so the question for anyone playing along at home is, what is something that you do when in your car besides driving? 
Ah, oh, here we go. Sing. Your bloody sing. Sing. Okay, we're going with sing, are we? Is that your final answer? Yep. Sure is. Is sing our top answer? Oh, it's not Grant. It's not. Our top what? answer was, you were close, listen to music. Oh, come on. Surely that's the same. Well, well, we can't, we, can't, we can't make it that easy for you, Grant. So, unfortunately, yeah, you missed out on that one there. So, let's have a look oh, at our answers no. so far. So, you got the first one right, the second one wrong, the third one wrong, the fourth one right, the fifth one wrong, this one wrong. Final one to wrap up now, Grant. Name, Give me, Jason. Name a popular motorsport podcast. Would have to be um, my favourite podcast. I've, I've I've seen Lewis Hamilton listening to it when he was on his way to his Formula One car, <laughs> and, and it's mine as well. It's got to be the Podium Podcast for sure. The Podium okay. Podcast is the Podium the top answer. It is the top answer, Grant. Well done. He, he's back, baby. Well done, Grant. Now. Unfortunately, you did miss out on getting the majority of the answers correct, so you do have to give us a follow and a mention on your socials. However, I'm sure that's not too big a price to pay. Can do, Jason. I'll be more than happy to now that you've showed me up on my own game show. Well, there we go. For anyone that wants to catch it, of course, Family Feud is back on 10, 7.30 Tuesday, starting from the 18th of August. Grant, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show again. Love it to chat, mate. You take care. Look after yourself, my friend. See you, mate. There we are, Grant Denyer joining us on the podium to play a very special edition of Family Feud with us. And just a correction there, Channel 10's moved forward the premiere date for the new season of Family Feud. You can now catch it 7.30 Sundays on Channel 10. Right after this, we're going to be talking MotoGP news. Yes, time to talk MotoGP news now, Emma. And what a weekend of action that we had at Bruno. Oh, it's just a gift that keeps giving MotoGP this season is unbelievable. What a race. Uh, Brad Binder is the big news, isn't he? Just the rookie. And I, I was just so surprised with that top three, with that result. I just love that you can sit and watch the MotoGP, even from, from practice to qualifying and the race. And you just, you cannot predict my prediction last week was so off you cannot predict that top three can you oh it was unbelievable like you know we've seen a few strong showings from brad this year however i don't think many people were were saying Mm. he'd get a win though no not at all so i mean a lot of firsts for for that weekend first win for ktm in the premier class first for south africa and a first for a rookie since 2014 as you said yeah he's had great form from the beginning of the season, a lot of people have been talking about him, but this was still a real surprise. So I really look forward to watching and seeing what he can do for the rest of 2020. Speaking of surprises, the Saturday qualifying session had everything. Johan Zarco on a year-old Ducati managed to take the top spot. Yeah, exactly. It's funny at the moment, isn't it, watching... You know, your factory Ducati team, I mean, look at where we saw Miller qualifying and then the race versus, you know, a guy that's not on a factory Ducati and even uh, the factory Yamahas versus the Patron's Yamaha team. I mean, actually, Rossi didn't end up doing too badly, but have a look at where Maverick was. I mean, yeah, isn't it all a bit funny? But Johan Zarco, yeah, well done to him still. He didn't have a great start to the race, but I'm really happy to see that he held on at the end and ended up getting on the podium still. But, yeah, Binder, Morbidelli and Zarco. Who 
who would have picked that? You are a millionaire right now if you did. Uh, unfortunate to see that you got that long lap penalty for the incident with Paul Espargo. Uh, I mean, I'm not a writer and I'm not a steward, so I don't know. This is my personal opinion as a fan watching. I just thought it was a racing incident. I really did believe that he had space and maybe the move from Paul was a little bit too aggressive. I don't know what your thoughts are, but that's just me watching on from a fan. So I was really happy to see that, that Zarko still managed to get up there on the podium. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there wasn't much in it, you know. It's a, it was a controversial mm. move and uh, Espargaro wasn't too pleased, obviously, with what had happened because it did look like KTM were on for a 1-2 finish had it not been for that incident there. And speaking of the podium, Emma, Franco Morbidelli, his first ever podium as well on the weekend. Yeah, the guy with the best hair in the lane, I reckon. How good is his hair? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It'd be something to manage that hair, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, the uh, the nice long Italian hair. Now, Franco, <laughs> uh, look, it was a real a real shame that he couldn't keep up the pace. But as you can see, you could see he was happy enough with that podium. Again, tyres were a big topic. A lot of drop-off was very, very slippery. But a lot quicker than his teammate. Great job all weekend. He said it was thanks to his mentor, Valentino Rossi. Uh, but... Uh, he's been like a big brother to him. He said that Rossi has always believed in him. And he, as you know, he made his debut back in 2018, Morbidelli. And he's just getting his first podium now. So really well deserved. Look forward to seeing what he can do for the rest of 2020 as well. And just very quickly as well, it looks like Mark Marquez will be out this weekend as well. And Stefan Bridal will be replacing him. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hard for him to call back to, to win a championship now, hey. But bad news for Mark and bad news for uh, Peko Bagnaia as well. He's, he's already had bad luck after. He almost got a podium that in the, the race last week but had to retire and a bad crash for him in practice meant he was ruled out of the entire weekend. He broke his right tibia and has had an operation and we won't see him back until Mizano. So injuries and bad news all round, unfortunately, in this championship. Yeah, now before we get your prediction for this weekend's action from Austria, what are the championship standings looking like? So Fabio Quattararo is still in the lead. Maverick Vinales, I'm surprised, uh, maintains second position. Franco Morbidelli moves up to third. Andrea De Vizioso needs some points, still sitting in fourth though. And Brad Binder, the rookie, has moved up fifth position so well done to Binder yes he's flying he's flying and I know it's still very early do you think Mark Marquez is out of the title race now you'd have to think so wouldn't you I mean he's gonna have to win a lot of races in this condensed championship when he returns it's looking like Fabio so far is the man and we've got the Red Bull ring this weekend what's your podium prediction for Austria Emma so it was Divisioso who won last year in the final corner over Marquez. Obviously, we're not going to see Marquez there. And I really can't see Divisioso winning. He's just not on form so far in 2020 on that Ducati. Uh, I'm going to say, ooh, you know what? I'm going to say Fabio is going to want this one big time after not getting on the podium last time out. So I'm going to say Fabio for the win. I'm going to go with, oh, geez, this is really tough. Let's say Maverick. Maverick needs to get up there too, so I'm going to put him back in my podium prediction. Okay. And, yep, yep, and I'm going to go, hey, I'm going to lock out the Yamaha front row and go 
Franco Morbidelli in third. Okay, interesting choices there. You reckon Franco Morbidelli will get his second straight podium? Uh, look, I never get this right. So <laughs> let's see. Maybe I'm totally off the mark and the Ducatis can do something this weekend. You never know. We'll all be watching on with plenty of interest, of course, with the MotoGP this weekend, the Austrian Grand Prix at the Red Bull Ring. Uh, right after this on the podium, we're joined with another very special guest. He just recently competed in the NASCAR Cup Series just a few days ago in doubleheader events. And the interesting thing about the NASCARs this year is they don't even have practice in quality. They just go straight into racing on the weekend. So James Davis is going to join us to talk about that. And James is also going to be talking about the recent news which sees him line up for another Indianapolis 500 next weekend. So right after this, James Davison's on the podium. This is the podium where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport. And we're joined right now with a guy that's competing over in America. It's one of our Australians. He's got a name synonymous with Australian motorsport. It's James Davis. And James, thanks so much for joining us on the podium. Yeah, sure thing. Thank you. Now, James, before we talk about any of the on-track stuff that's going on for you, talk about the COVID situation. I understand that you're in Indianapolis at the moment. Yes, I uh, just got uh, drove down from the cup race in Michigan last night and got here late last night in time for practice starting on Wednesday. So it's Monday night here and yeah, just got to recharge my batteries a bit after doing two cup races on Saturday and Sunday. Um, Of course, just traveling and all the adrenaline going and lots of different bits and pieces getting fitted into the Indy car, getting helmet, uh, helmet designs done. Uh, this came together very late as a result of, yeah, the whole COVID situation and there not being uh, a full grid of 33 cars. Um, it kind of led to uh, my deal coming together quite late. Understandably, a lot of companies and sponsors haven't done as well uh, financially in, in the first half of this year and, and it's made it pretty tough for uh, a lot of sponsors to continue being a part of, of motorsports. So I'm certainly blessed to be starting my sixth Indy 500 in two weeks' time. Oh, yeah. It's exciting for sure for all of us Aussies here. Now, before we talk about the Indy 500 you mentioned there, it's going to be your sixth attempt at the big race. Let's talk about the NASCAR Cup Series because you've been competing in a few NASCAR races. You mentioned you did two over the weekend. Talk about how this deal came about because originally it was planned for you to debut at Talladega, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I had been approved to drive on the Super Speedway, but that was prior to the COVID situation where a normal weekend would have practice and qualifying to get laps and familiarity with the track. So uh, NASCAR had to review the situation, understandably being the top premier series in in the country and, of course, one of the biggest in the world, for someone to just go in having never driven before was, I guess, a bit of a legal liability to them. I felt I would have been fine on a seven-lane wide-open racetrack um, and just using my head, but, you know, they needed to do what they needed to do. So it meant that I did my debut at Pocono which I think turned into a blessing in disguise because it was a double header weekend. I got more mileage in. Um, I could 
apply what I learned on Saturday uh, for Sunday's race, but a very unprecedented situation. I drove a stock car on an oval in the Cup Series for the first time taking the green flag. I mean, <laughs> just crazy, <laughs> but I've, you know, I'm old enough and I've got enough experience to just get on with it and not overthink it. And it turned out, it turned out well, um, you know, finishing in the top 30, which sounds terrible, but the disparity in NASCAR is unlike any other series. I mean, it's bigger than Formula One. You've got the small teams down the back spending $4 million a year compared to the top team spending 25 to 30 So you're over 50 horsepower down. You've got nowhere near the aero, aerodynamic or mechanical grip. And, I mean, you, we, we can be running around two to four seconds a lap off on some of these ovals. But you just get on with it. You know, it, it, it creates a situation where I am able to make it have a start. In, in the Cup Series, you've just got to kind of swallow your pride, obviously, with it. No one likes seeing their name P30 on the timesheet, but it's like sports car racing where we're in a different class of car, even though it just says, you know, uh, we're, all, we're all a NASCAR or a stock car. It's, it's a very unique situation, but like I said, one that has allowed me to get a start in, in NASCAR and race consistently and uh, I'm enjoying it it's it's fantastic to be a part of and and yeah living living the dream honestly and uh, I've just got to start somewhere gain some experience and hopefully be able to move into some stronger equipment in due course yeah look you, you said it there you jumped into the car first laps were in a race what are you doing to prepare? Like seeing that you don't have this lead up with practice and everything, what are you doing? Are you doing simulator stuff at home? How are you preparing for these races? Yeah, so I did a couple of laps on iRacing, but honestly no more than 20 or 30 minutes because there's only so much that you can really learn when it's not apples and apples. You get an idea where the track goes. I mean, that's another thing as well. I had never driven a Pocono before. So not only was it the first time I drove a stock car on an oval, but it was the first time I drove a stock car on an oval that I had never driven. The same with New Hampshire uh, two weeks ago and Michigan. I hadn't driven any of those ovals because IndyCar um, or Indy Light wasn't racing there, at least when I was a part of it. So um, also watching on YouTube, you can watch some full, full race onboard cameras with some of the top cars. So, uh, that that certainly helps getting an idea how deep you can go into pit lane, where the pit entries are. Because, yeah, there's no practice. You just go. It's just such a crazy, unprecedented situation and certainly not one I would <laughs> wish on any young driver. I think I'm, I'm, I'm okay handling it, like I said, because I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s now and, and I've had the opportunity to drive a lot of different cars the way that my career's played out, not racing full-time, um, you know, in a lot of series due to just how tough it's been to, to get a big break in motorsport in the past probably one to two decades. It's just gotten harder and harder um, for the talent pool to get the opportunities that they all deserve. So uh, I found myself just driving whatever and gaining a lot of experience and, um yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild 
ride, but uh, I wouldn't really want to change it. It's I've, I've had some fantastic opportunities to drive, you know, historic F1 cars, GPs, IndyCar, um, NASCAR, of course. And, and yeah, that's just the kind of some of it. Uh, did drove at the Chili Bowl in January, so my first race on dirt. Uh, driven a sprint car, did a sprint car race about a month ago here in Indianapolis on pavement, not dirt. But yeah, it's just crazy, crazy how it, how my career played out. But uh, here I am. Yeah, and, and how do you adjust for all these different categories that you're competing? Because if we look at your results, you've been pretty strong every time you get behind the wheel of any car, really. What is it? What are you doing to, to adjust? Well, honestly, just using my head and the experience that I've gained. So obviously when you gain experience, it, it you then get confidence and predictability and ease. Um, you, you can be more relaxed in a kind of uh, unfamiliar or um, kind of being thrown into the deep end situation. And I've had that so many times where I you know, have, have been substituted in at the last minute to drive in the Indy 500 and I got one or two hours of practice when everyone's been practicing for two weeks. Um, I've, it, it, this situation isn't new to me. So, uh, yeah, having been thrown in the deep end many times before and having driven so many different cars, I just kind of plug and play. I get in the car, I feel what it does, and then I just apply my experience to it. And, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's no substitute for experience, and, and it really, really helps. And, of course, we've got a supercar driver in Scott McLaughlin. It looks like he's going to be heading overseas very soon uh, with DJR Team Penske, obviously, the association there. How do you reckon Scotty will go in an Indy car? Yeah, I mean, I think he's already proven himself that he's going to go well. And, you know, it's the way I see it with McLaughlin is a little bit like a, you know, a Lewis Hamilton situation. You've got an ultimate talent with the ultimate opportunity. And then there's the result of how successful he's been in V8, pretty much mirroring what Hamilton has in F1 or what Power has done in IndyCar or Scott Dixon. And, you know, really that's the way the sport should work, that the best of talent should be able to go as far as they can. And, of course, the sport doesn't necessarily work like that. But it's great to see that when someone that really deserves it is is achieving their full potential. And not many of us get that opportunity, but I'm very happy to see that with McLaughlin and um, you know, he and I know each other a little bit, not very well, but uh, yeah, we get along well and we race each other in the IndyCar races that they had going on and um, we practice together and kind of work together on a few little fine details and yeah, I mean, he's, it, his results speak for himself and of course he was in the top three in his first uh official test day in IndyCar and, and, you know, he's got all the tools to succeed with the best of teammates, the best of equipment, all the simulators and, and there's the results. So uh, good on him. I hope it all works out for him. Yeah. The IndyCar series looks a little different this year with the aero shields and a few other changes. 
What have you made of these changes? What are they like to drive? Have you had an opportunity yet to, to get a sample? I won't know until about 48 hours from now. But uh, it should all drive the same. I've, I've heard spoken to drivers and they said they don't notice a difference. Um, I understand it's going to be hotter, it's going to be uh, quieter in the cockpit, but in the end, it's safer, and um, it certainly, yeah, helps it helps all of us kind of relax a little more, or not just think about the risk. Uh, a lot of us are brave doing what we're doing, and we don't think about the risk risks, but of course, you know that they're there, and and this has, uh, yeah, made it a lot more. Um, uh, just comforting to, to know that the chances of uh, the safety just improved immensely in, in, in doing this. And I think you're going to see a few of the older drivers not retiring prematurely anymore uh, like they did in, in earlier times. So, um, yeah, it's, it's all good news. There's been a little bit of talk the past few days about Elio Castro Neves. What do you think will happen with him next, next year? Do you reckon he should go on in IndyCar? Well, yeah, I mean, he still loves it. He's great for the series. He's super sharp. He's a guy that's like gotten better with age. I watched uh, the sports car, the last sports car race he did at Road America. And I mean, the intensity is, is as high as an IndyCar race, even though they're endurance races. And the way he raced and the moves he pulled off and the bravery he still has and motivation is like someone that's half his age in, the, in in their 20s. So he has a huge profile. He could only be good to a, a, um, a benefit for to another team um, and hopefully help themselves some sponsorship for him as well. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because really it's, it's a tough time for, you know, companies and sponsors to be involved in racing. But uh, we will see. So, uh, I mean, to answer your question, I really don't know where he'll land because, yeah, a lot of teams are, I guess, trying to just secure sponsors to keep their current drivers um, or current contracted drivers in a ride. Uh, but you would think he would only really want to go to a team like McLaren or Andretti or Penske. Um, which uh, not only are the top teams, but they're the teams that are most likely going to be able to find a sponsor for him. So, yeah, it's a, a different deal than driving for Roger Penske, who, you know, obviously has wealth in the billions and, and corporate connections that are just uh, unlike any other owner in IndyCar. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. For I'm sure. not sure. Well, yeah. So we've got the Indy 500 coming up very soon. Uh, this year, it's also been announced that there'll be no fans at this event, so it's going to be a very different-looking Indianapolis 500. You've done five starts already. Uh, you had an awesome run in 2017. Unfortunately, yeah, got caught up in a shunt. You were leading laps that race. A year ago, you had your best-ever result, 12th place. What are the expectations for the upcoming Indianapolis 500, and what are you expecting it to look like this season? Yeah, you know, expectations. I would like to think that we can do the same as last year, qualifying and finishing in the top half of the field, which is an achievement in itself because, I mean, you're up against four Penske cars, six Andretti cars, 
three Ganassi cars, three McLaren cars, three Carpenter cars. And I mean, there's, there's half the field. So if you make it, if you're on a mid-range team, a smaller budget team like Dale Coyne and you're a third car, just to, to be around the midfield is an achievement. And I mean, yeah, we qualified 15th ahead of Dixon, Canaan, Hunter Ray, genuinely raced up to ninth in the first stint. But then, of course, Elio and I had a collision in the pits, which was just a bit of a racing incident because I had an issue with my car, some of the electronics on the pit lane speed limiter that caused it. Um, but then we didn't give up and we went two laps down and ended up recovering and getting the laps back and finishing 12. So, I mean, I would want my goal, I would say, would be to finish in the top 10. Um, so much of the race is survival and just hanging in there. And so, um, yeah, of course, I want to win. But then again, I'm not driving for Penske or one of those top teams. So you kind of, kind of got to be realistic. Oh, for sure. And like you said, you're going to get in the car in the next 48 hours. What else are you going to be doing before the big weekend of quali and racing? Yeah, just resting, to be honest, from Michigan and the travel and so on. Um, You know, I've done quite a lot of miles of racing in the last, um, let's call it nine days. I've probably done um, nearly a thousand miles of racing. So with the travel involved and, the adrenaline that's pumping through you. You don't sleep as well sometimes. So, yeah, I just want to recharge my batteries. And looking past the Indianapolis 500, what else is on the uh, calendar for this year for you, James Davison? It looks like I'll do at least another 10 cup races. So um, I'll be doing the Daytona 400-mile race um, the weekend after the Indy 500, uh, the Southern 500 at Darlington. Um, a number of the short tracks like Bristol, Martinsville, Richmond, uh, Talladega I'll be doing, um, Kansas, Phoenix. Uh, that's nearly most of them that I can remember. But, yeah, the majority of the cup races for the rest of the year. So it'll be really good experience. Again, you know, I've just got to uh, eat humble pie knowing that, you know, I'm going to be battling between 30th and 40th place with the gear we're in. But, um, you got to start somewhere. And, um, of course, you know, when you don't have the, the, the big dollars behind you, you, you can't just start in good equipment. So um, I'm just fortunate as it is to be, to be getting a start, um, period. Well, James Davison, we wish you all the very best for the upcoming Indianapolis 500 and the NASCAR races this season. It's been great having you on the podium. Yeah, thank you hope uh, things improve down there in Australia for everyone. There we are, James Davison joining us on the podium. If you want to catch an extended version of that interview with James, you can head over to the podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, really, and you can catch an extended interview there with James giving his thoughts on a lot of different topics. Right after this, it's time to talk Formula One news. Yes, it's time to talk Formula One news now. And we had our second straight British Grand Prix on the weekend. And Emma, did you watch this one? Did you fall asleep during this one like the one earlier in the week? (laughs) Yeah, look, it was on after an action-packed MotoGP race. So it wasn't as exciting as that. But 
strategy came into play. So I was a little bit tired. I didn't watch every single lap, but I rewatched it the next day. So yes, I, I did enjoy this one a lot more. And well done to Verstappen and the Red Bull team. Well played. Well, yeah, this one was a good one. The past few races have been, first lap's been interesting, mm. last lap's been interesting, middle part of the race has been boring. This one was pretty much thoroughly entertaining the whole way through. And as you said there, Max Verstappen, he maximised his tyre strategy and he got his first win of the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was the only one on the grid who chose to set his fastest lap in Q2 on the hard tyre. The only one in the top 10 to start on that hard compound and he made it last. In fact, there was a funny radio call, as always, to his team. Uh, with Max, where he was quite firmly, quite firmly told them that he would not be holding back and driving like a granny, uh, and he had a good first stint and lasted 26 laps. The Mercedes drivers both had to pit on lap 13 and 14 on the medium tire, and really what he was doing was pushing the Mercs, which in turn made their tires suffer. So yet again, their degradation at this circuit was higher and it was just win-win for Max. So Mercedes were not at all happy. You could see it all over Toto and Lewis's faces at the end. And Bottas actually made a quote afterwards saying that they were asleep with their strategy. So, yeah, I think they'll have a very big debrief, Mercedes will, and uh, we will hopefully see them very awake for the next Grand Prix. Oh, for sure. And it was a complete 180 for Red Bull because, you know, they were getting a lot of criticism the week earlier because, you know, they ended up pitting Max Verstappen when it looked like a win could have been an opportunity there before Lewis Hamilton's tyre obviously blew up. So it was good to see it work in their favour on the weekend. Another driver that I want to get your thoughts on, though, it's the incredible Hulkenberg. Let's talk about his run in (laughs) quali on the Saturday. Put it in the top three. What a run. Yeah, really awesome. I mean, Definitely better than the week before when he didn't make it out to the grid for the race. Yeah, really awesome to see. We really wanted to see him get his very first podium in Formula One. That would have been great. I mean, we know that this team have the pace, right? But And there's been a lot of hype. But we really want to see the results from them this year is what we want. Because, yeah, we know that they've got this great car, but we want to see them on the podium in 2020, right? Um, and, of course, now a lot of controversy since we last spoke. Uh, Renault, obviously, for those that don't know, Renault obviously protested about the brake ducts on the racing point, uh, saying that they are a direct copy of the Mercedes 2019 car. They were penalised 400,000 euro, 15 championship points, and other teams have then uh, come out and protested, like Ferrari, McLaren and Williams have protested saying that the penalty is too light. McLaren have actually since withdrawn their protest. Lawrence Stroll has come out um, and saying that he has never cheated. And, um, yeah, it's very hard to, to, to know who to believe. I'm not sure. The investigation is obviously ongoing and I guess it's all to be continued. But we do still like seeing the racing point up there because, yeah, they're up in that battle and they're up in the mid-pack and it, it is making things rather exciting. Oh, it is. And you mentioned there a €400,000 fine for the team. To most of us, that that seems like a lot mm. of money. However, in the Formula One world, that's nothing, is it? No, it's not. But, I mean, we don't want to see these teams suffer because of something like that. We don't. We were thinking that perhaps Vettel was going to go to that team. Could this hinder a contract 
going to a driver like that. We don't want to see any team suffer because of this. 15 championship points doesn't seem like a lot, though. Did they cheat? I don't know. We don't think that a team's going to be silly enough to do something like that. They're going to get found out, right? I mean, Ferrari was yeah. found out about their engines. Oh, yeah. And now look at how they're suffering. So I don't think that they'd be that silly. I really don't. Yeah. I don't want to believe that, that this is something a team could do. So I'm sure they'll get to the bottom of it. You mentioned teams struggling there. Your team, your favourite team, Ferrari. <laughs> My team? What? Well, yeah. I think they're your team, aren't they? Are they still no, your team I would or not never turn, I would never turn my back. No, I would never turn my back on my team. I still love my team. I stand by my team. And look at how well Charles Leclerc did on a one-stop up and forth position. So, yeah. Sebastian Vettel, though. Yeah, Vettel. Really struggling. Yeah. What a weekend mm. it was for him. What a disappointing weekend. What did you make of it? He's, you know, at loggerheads with his team yeah. throughout the race weekend. And yeah. Even Ross Braun's given some advice. Yeah, Ross Braun has come out and said that Ferrari need to sit down with Vettel and figure out the reasons for his shocking slump. I mean, going into the start of this season, how would you feel as a driver? You've been dropped and that's been made very public that it was indeed Ferrari that said, you know, your services are no longer needed. How would you feel mentally going into a team knowing that not only do you not have a seat for next year, maybe that that would make you feel a little bit better knowing, okay, I'm not here, but I'm locked in elsewhere. How would that feel having to perform and knowing that your team no longer want you there, you are indeed the second driver, that would be really difficult to go out and perform every single week and you have a terrible car engine here as it is. Also, they seem to have put him in a strategy that he wasn't comfortable with. You may have heard his team radio call saying, you know, this is what we spoke about this morning. You put me out in a spot that I don't want to be in. I know that Saints had a longer stop that may have affected where he came out in. And he made a little mistake at the beginning as well. But he's making these mistakes, obviously, because he's not in the right headspace. So I feel for Vettel. I think everyone thinks like, oh, Vettel, you know, he had a bad year last year. There were a lot of bad strategy calls from Ferrari as well. And people forget quickly that he is still a four-time world champion. So I feel for this driver right now. I really hope that they can work something out. That's my rant over. Well... (laughs) Interesting times ahead for Ferrari and Sebastian Vettel. Let's look at the championship standings. Uh, I'm assuming Lewis Hamilton's still on top of the championship, Emma? Yeah, Hamilton leads the championship over Bottas, and it's great to see Bottas getting up there and challenging Lewis Hamilton. Verstappen in third, Leclerc sitting in fourth, and Lando Norris rounds out the top five. Well done to him. He's having a great season. Let's look at Catalonia now, the Spanish Grand Prix. Who's your podium prediction for the Spanish mm. Grand Prix? Yeah, right. Do I go boring or or do I go something a bit different? Do I shake it up a bit? Let's shake it up. Um, I'm going to shake it up. Let's let's shake it up. Let's Spanish do it. Spanish Grand Prix, hey? Do we know if uh, is Nico stepping stepping in still this week? I know he's going to go. Mm, I think it's all pending the result uh, of Perez's test, I think. It's all pending. So, yeah, so still pending at the moment. Yeah, yeah, all right. Why don't we go Bottas for this one? Let's go Bottas. Okay. win over Hamilton. Yeah, Lewis yeah, Hamilton. why yeah. not? And who's going to get that final step on the podium? Over Hamilton. Oh, look, let's just say because he's on a flyer. He's going to have so much com- confidence. We'll save, we'll save the stuff and 
Okay, that's Matthew not Stappen. that. That's not that fun, is no. it? No, we They're haven't really shaken boring. it up at all. <laughs> not at all. I was going to go like a Nico or something if if he's in. Well, we can only hope for the, for the Spaniard, but yeah. Well, there we go. We've got the Spanish Grand Prix coming up this weekend in the Formula One world. Right after this, we're going to wrap things up with the podium of the week. It's time now for the Podium of the Week with Emanotta Francesco. And for anyone new to this, welcome. What we do here is we celebrate three performances from the motorsport world from the past week, and we do it in a 3-2-1 format. Emma, who's going to get position number three on the Podium of the Week? Can I just say that this was very tough after all the motorsport that we had on the weekend. For sure. Oh, look. So I do have a special mention. Yeah, I have a special mention as well, but we'll get to that at the end. So number three. It goes to Jonathan Ray for his clean sweep in World Superbike on the weekend. Oh, well done. Great stuff from Jonathan Ray. Position number two. Position number two goes to Max Verstappen and the Red Bull team for their fantastic strategy play on the weekend, getting him the win. There we go. You didn't tip him, but he did get the win though, Emma. Mm, I know. You know, I'm getting really bad with my tips. I can get qualifying for F1 down pat, but no, I I don't think I'm going to be betting anytime soon. Well, that's all right. That's all right. Position number one, though, Emma. Who's going to get position number one on the podium of the week? This, hands down, this is pretty easy. Has to go to uh, the rookie in MotoGP winning Brad Binder, KTM. Fantastic win by him and an awesome MotoGP race on the weekend. Here we go. Interesting podium of the week there from you, Emma. Are there any special mentions as well, though? Uh, yes. Sam Lowe's Moto2, first podium in four years. Such awesome racing in that category. And, of course, the Moto3 as well. Okay. Interesting stuff there. And looking ahead to the weekend, what motorsport action do we have to look forward to? Supercars can't wait. Of course, they're going back-to-back now in Darwin. MotoGP, Formula 1. No World Supermarks this weekend, which is a bit of a shame, but I'll uh, make sure I post my motorsport calendar so you can all keep up to date. That's been a bit of a hit, that calendar. It's um, it's going to be an epic weekend. Can't wait. Yes, loving those weekend motorsport calendars from Yama, so keep them coming. Just before we finish up, though, if you want to catch those interviews again with Grant Denyer or with James Davison, they're up on our podcasting platforms. So tune into those there if you want to tune into those or any other editions of the show. Emma, thanks again for joining us on this edition, and it's going to be a huge weekend of motorsport. Thank you. Look forward to it. And that's about it for this edition of the show. A special thanks to all the people that have tuned in. We'll catch you next time on the podium.